0: So, so, are you recording? I, I am. I am. Okay. I, I need a feminist confession from you. So, I was, I was driving back with my husband today, and he's like, hey, Brie, you can pick any song on the radio you want, anything you want to listen to at all. And I go like, what is the filthiest song that I know that I can play right now and sing every single words to? And embarrass my husband, and that was Freakily by uh PD Pablo. So, <gasps> what is what is your like, what is the song that you love the most that you know you shouldn't?
1: Oh gosh, <laughs> um,
0: do you not listen to like just filthy? No, rap music? I do sometimes, I do, I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, I
1: do know. I'm trying, I'm trying to think about like, like what, um.
0: <laughs> what can you admit on the air?
1: This is what I'm trying to think. Okay, so yeah. I would say there's, there, 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 there's a song by an artist named Kia. Okay. And she had a song called um, uh, My Neck, My Back. Okay. And okay. That's, that's all I can yeah. say. That's all I can say. Okay. And, and it is, it I feel is
0: like we've talked about this on rocket before. Am I blanking on stuff we've talked about you, after four I, I, years? I,
1: you know what? You might be, but that I is, might be. you might be, but that is all right. But yeah, no, that is, that is up there. There's a lot of stuff. I don't know. I mean, I can, I can get, it really depends, but that's probably like my go-to. So yeah, that's, that's it for me. Simone, I'm sure if she were here with us, she would have even more filth for us. But, uh, but Simone is at E3
0: she is, unfortunately. Uh, Tragically. Is. Tragically. We will soldier on. We will. So her.
1: actually let me introduce the show first. Uh, hello <laughs> and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. Um, where we sometimes also talk about the filthy, filthy lyrics that we <laughs> like to blast out in the car. Sometimes, yeah. you know, like, like I, I, I like to like do some old school, like I'm from Atlanta, so I like to bust out with some really old school, like nineties hip hop. That's always some good stuff. Um uh this uh, uh, I'm uh, Christina Warren, senior uh, 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 cloud advocate at Microsoft, joined as always by Brianna Wu, Democratic uh, candidate for Congress. And uh, uh, Simone de Rochefort, who is the uh, video editor at polygon.com, has been um, stuck working on all of the E3 things, which we'll be talking about. Today's episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN, high speed, secure, and anonymous VPN services. Never Think About Wi-Fi Again, and PDF1011 <laughs> from Smile, your ultimate PDF viewing and editing app for the Mac. All right. So there's like real news happening in the week, and we don't <laughs> care. So, I mean, we do, yeah, but... I,
0: I just want to say, like, this has been a very heavy week of news. And we just thought, you know what? I was at Boston Harbor earlier today. It's a beautiful day. It's summer. And we should just have a fun summer show today. I mean, this
1: is how I'm feeling, too. Okay, I mean, uh, asterisk next to summer, because if we were in the right. Southern Hemisphere, then it is actually winter. <laughs> so, what, what no, I want to be, like, you know, like… I appreciate it, I yeah. I, 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 I want to be, like, amenable to the, the, the listeners in Australia or New Zealand or South America or whatever. But, yeah, like, uh, yeah, or Antarctica. If, if you're listening there, hey, if you're listening in Antarctica, I will like actually send you stuff. But, uh, uh, Christina, bears, Christina,
0: huge fans of rock. Yeah. They Christina Christina. Yes. uh,
1: is. but yeah, um, so yeah, there's, but yeah, it's time for a, for, for a big, uh, summer show. And so, um, I, we're kind of going to get into it. We're going to spend, I think the first part of the show, I wish Simone will be here. We'll be able to get her take next week on some of her favorite things, but there was a lot of stuff at E3 this week.
0: Oh, my God. It, this is, I really think this may be the best E3 of my entire life. Like, all wow. the stuff coming out there, I'm so psyched about it. And can we just get to the meat of it? Final yeah. Fantasy VII Remake. Holy crap, this looks amazing. I mean, uh, am I wrong? No, Are you no, psyched looked, for this? I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm
1: totally psyched for the Final Fantasy VII Remake. It is coming in 2020. Is that, is that correct? It's coming yeah. in about a year.
0: That's correct. That's okay. Correct. So, so, so the, the month that comes out is not going to be a super productive month for my campaign. I'm no, guessing. I mean, I, I, I mean, uh, I
1: think I think that's going to be true for for a lot of us, right? Which is like, yeah. uh, no, you look at that. I mean, and it's it's really interesting. Uh, yeah, the no, Final Fantasy VII, uh, which everybody has been um, really kind of anticipating, that's coming out for us for you and I. We were both going crazy about this. Uh, the big um, uh, surprise, I guess, was that Final Fantasy eight is getting yes. a remaster?
0: Yes, yes. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Like, I love this game. I it's do too. My personal favorite Final Fantasy. Um, it, so, I, I want to say, as someone who has probably played more of this than the average person, um, and, and as a game developer, I wasn't really sight looking at the the visual upgrades. Like oh, it yeah, was certainly, no. Yeah. But, but, what, but from what, what, what? what were your thoughts?
1: I mean, I feel the same way. So there have been you heard it on I think one of the streams you were on. Um, I I'd read some things that hasn't been confirmed from Sony, but I believe what the rumor is, and I I actually have no reason to doubt this, but also bad data res- like like practices Sony. But apparently, the I guess the 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 source code, the master files for the PlayStation game were lost. Yep. And so they're having to use the PC game as the basis and the, the PC game, they did this for final fantasy seven as well, where the PC game came out, you know, about six or seven months after the uh, PlayStation version. Um, and then was re-released on steam and other things years later. And the same thing happened with eight. And so it seems like they're using, I guess the version that they released on steam about six years ago, um, as, as the basis for this stuff. But, I mean, which, and, and that kind of makes sense, I think, looking at the the images and and uh, the, the gameplay stuff. It's like they did a remaster, but if you don't have access to maybe the original assets and whatnot, yeah. uh, short of doing a full remake, there's not going to be a whole lot you can do.
0: Right. And I have to tell you, so, I mean, you look at the texture models, and yes, it's, it's prettier textures. I will grant them that. Uh, but the the faces just looked a little, I, I think that it was a texture pass on the face. Like if I was doing it, I would have tried to put just a few imperfections or a little bit more depth in the face. It looks very doll-like, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, like, no,
1: it totally does. I don't care, though. Like I'm still really excited. It's one of those things where I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm still going to buy it. It is going... It is not, like, a PlayStation exclusive, unlike the Final Fantasy VII remake. It is going to be coming to every system, Xbox One, um, uh, Switch, PlayStation. So... That's uh, that's good. Um, I mean, and it's coming out actually on, um, uh, like, this summer. Like, it's coming out, like, in August or something. Yeah, so, just
0: a few months. So, so I'm yeah, excited I, about that.
1: I, I'm excited about that as well.
0: Um, I, I do want to say, the thing... So, with the Final Fantasy VII remake, of which I'm playing a ton, they, uh, if you click in the... It's the right stick. It will make your party temporarily invincible, and the left stick will uh, it will uh, stop. I'm sorry. The left stick, yeah, that speeds up the uh, the speed of the game by three times, and the other one turns your health to infinite in fights. And that's it's both very good quality of life enhancements. And Final Fantasy 12 had the same thing. The main thing I'd like to see them upgrade or fix. For eight is some improvement for the draw system, because the original, even with its speed it speed sped up three times, you have to sit there and cast draw, because every single time you use a cure spell, you have to go out to the wild and hunt it and bring it into your character, because your stats are based off of that. So I would love to see them like look at that critically, and does that make sense to you, like, like yeah. update
1: that in some way? Yeah, no, the definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's exciting. Um, there's also, uh, I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention the, uh, the, the Breath of the Wild, uh, sequel.
0: Yes. Okay. 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 This is, I'm so psyched about this Breath of the Wild. If you don't know, there is Uh. it's a Zelda game. It's open world. And although I don't feel this way, I think there's a very legitimate argument that it's the best video game ever made. Um, uh, how, yeah. I mean, yeah? I,
1: I, I wouldn't make that claim, but I also would not be mad at people who do.
0: Right. Um, so they're, uh, they're kind of bringing out uh, the sequel for it. It looks like a, a horror game. And yeah. it, it looks like Zelda may be the main character, which I'm psyched about.
1: Yeah, because that really doesn't happen, and and it's uh, you know that's kind of one of the, the one of the tropes of of, of the series. Um, no, that's really exciting. Uh, also, there is going to they showed more of the the remake of um, the the Game Boy classic uh, Link's Awakening. Um, and um, although you know what, I really just want is I want a remake of of A Link to the Past, which yes. is which to me is is still my favorite Zelda game.
0: Uh, for good reason. That's because you have good taste. Um, so the the history of this particular uh, Link's Awakening is really, really interesting. Um, so the, the game came uh, to be when a bunch of NES developers were messing with an OG GBA kit in the office. Um, and Nintendo had zero plans to bring a uh, Zelda game to Game Boy. And what ended up happening is this, uh, this guy in the office who was a huge Zelda fan uh, started experimenting with it, and, uh, and found out that Zelda played really, really well with the, uh, you know, basically the API equivalent of you know the the Game Boy uh, Dev Kit. So they started a club, a Zelda Club. Of people coming in after hours to work on this particular Zelda, and because there wasn't um, like official Nintendo um, endorsement of the game, this is why it has all these bizarre, weird references to other Nintendo games and other Nintendo characters, and this very unZelda-like story of like uh, they're in a dream of a bird on an island. Um, it's it's in in. Because they kind of had that freedom, a lot of hardcore Zelda fans, again, I don't feel this way, but many Zelda fans feel this is one of the three or four best Zelda games ever made. So to see this kind of updated, the the main thing I'm worried about is when you have that much money being thrown at a game that was really developed from a a kind of indie vibe, are they going to take away all that weirdness that made us love it so much?
1: Yeah, no, that's an interesting question. And I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, Something tells me, I kind of trust them on this. You know, there are a lot of companies that I would not trust to do right by this. Nintendo is one of them where I don't think they do everything right all the time. But I think that with their core properties, they have a really good track record for not messing things up and not, you know, misunderstanding what their audiences want from their games. Um, But it will be interesting to see. I think that the dungeon builder, that's going to be a thing that a lot of people are going to get a lot out of. And and that'll be really kind of interesting uh, potentially. I'm for
0: it. So tell people about
1: that. Yeah. So I mean, uh, the idea would basically be you can build your own. Dun- I mean, you can build your own dungeons, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So you pick up from what we saw from the the trailer for Nintendo Direct. At least they, um, from rooms you've already beaten in Zelda, you can take those rooms and place them in uh, your own dungeon, and then you can get rare items by going through other people's dungeons. Which I think sounds amazing.
1: No, and I think what's great about that is I think that method right there is how you're able to bring um, kind of the the modern kind of multiplayer kind of spirit to a game like this, which was never designed to be played with more than one person definitely like I think definitely. that's how you do it and I think this is the right way where you're not glomming stuff on you're not trying to add on other modes you're not making the game something that it's not it's still a one player you know uh, single player game but now you have these opportunities to connect to use you know um, you know the the online service and to you know download other people's dungeons share other things and, and find items and that sort of thing and I think that's going to be really addictive and kind of like you know Mario Maker is, is really going to show off some really interesting things so I think that's a that's a big deal um unfortunately animal crossing uh, uh has been delayed um i'm okay with that yeah, take your time uh, yeah that's important. I, I i want them to take their time on that um uh i don't really have any feelings on luigi's mansion those games are fine but they're not really i've never
0: played one i've never played one is it any good i mean yeah
1: the, see luigi's always been my favorite character so i've always had really high hopes i played the original one on the gamecube it's fine like
0: but it's not it's fine yeah
1: uh, right uh, 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 i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna spend my money on like this is one of those things like if you could still rent video games from blockbuster video that i would like (laughs) rent from blockbuster you know what i mean like that would be one of those types of games um and then uh i try to think if there was any other big switch news um more resident evil stuff coming out um and uh banjo uh, kazooie making appearances in smash
0: I have thoughts about this. Okay. Because I played, like everyone else my age, I played a lot of Banjo-Kazooie. Of course. But the reason I played a lot of Banjo-Kazooie is that it was a time where there just wasn't a lot of great stuff on the N64. True. and the And the PlayStation kind of dominated at that, that time point. It, it absolutely and, did. And it was, I mean, it's a... It's a Mario-style platformer that's great. It's a great platformer. No, I mean, it's it's
1: one of Rare's better games. I would say less Mario, more Donkey Kong, right? Because Rare also made Donkey Kong. So, like, you can really see a lot of the Donkey Kong influence. And I think before Donkey Kong 64, I would make the argument that, like, the closest thing you probably had to that series was Banjo-Kazooie and then Banjo-Tooie.
0: But, but why do people... I I don't have any great affection for that character despite playing that game for like 300 hours, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: I know. Well, it's weird, right? Because like for me, I probably liked the character... I, yeah, I've also played that game for like 300 hours, but I probably liked the characters more in Diddy Kong Racing. Right. Uh, which... Okay, that's a game that should be brought back. <laughs> uh, I'm not even joking. Remake that stuff. Uh that was that game. That was a good game. That was a good It was, like, very good. It was a good racer. It wasn't as good as Mario Kart 64, but it was a good racing game. Um I uh, I don't know. I think that I always find it interesting when obviously you get into no owns IP to these characters, but they were created by Rare, which then Microsoft bought in 2001 or whatever. I always find that stuff interesting when we like have to go back, you know, uh, nearly 20 years and look at or more than 20 years in the case of the the IP itself and be like, who owns this and how do we bring these characters over and other things when <laughs> the companies that created them are are now belong to one of our competitors. Um, that's always interesting. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, people people love it. I think that people seem to be really excited by it. So I mean, that's cool.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Before we get into any of the uh, uh, before we get into the the PlayStation and the and the Xbox stuff, I did want to mention because I just saw this today uh, that apparently this is amazing. Konami is going to be bringing out a TurboGrafx-16 Mini.
0: Okay, so I'm afraid I may have a controversial opinion on this, okay. but I will buy every one of these classic machines. I brought the PlayStation Classic, which was a huge it, it, mistake.
1: Same. It's, it's, <laughs> it's hot garbage. It's terrible. Yeah. Even, even when you mod it, which is fine, Like you should really just mod your SNES Classic. Right. Because that's
0: better. But okay. yeah. But but the TurboGrafx-16, also knows the PC Engine, there, even as someone that has every retro system you can have, I have never gone out to get a TurboGrafx-16? Because none of the games on it are good, in my opinion. Um, I don't I mean, know. I do, mean, yeah?
1: so it's hard. So I bought one of these when I was 10 or 11 because Toys R Us had them the day after Christmas for 20 bucks, oh. And then the games were super cheap. And even though I just got like a Super Nintendo for Christmas, my mom was so mad. She was like, I just spent all this money and got you this Super Nintendo. And I'm like, yes. And I'm so appreciative. And I love you so much. <laughs> and this is the system but this is super cheap, and even then I knew I was a hoarder, and I was like, I, I need this. <laughs> now, unfortunately, I don't have that system anymore. I, I got rid of it, I think, the same time I got rid of my Virtual Boy, which, biggest regret of my life, was getting rid of my mint condition Virtual Boy in, in Japanese games. But, regardless, I don't know, I, I think that this is one where, I mean, it's really interesting that they're bringing it out, I just just because it's such a weird system. Yeah, you know, Wise Book One and Two had really uh, were apparently really good. Um, The Bonk's adventure, which has not been released as one of the ones they'll be bringing out yet, um, was was like their most famous kind of platformer, um, R-Type. I don't our know. R type is legit. Yeah, R type, type is, is legit, legit.
0: But there are so many great versions of our Type. You're not wrong. Us. You're not wrong. Yeah.
1: I just love that they're doing this. Uh, also, apparently they're doing like different ones for each market. Like they're doing the Graphics 16 mini for North America, the PC Engine Mini for Japan, and the PC Engine Core Graphics Mini, I guess for Europe. And uh like props. Um, I don't know. I just I feel like this is this is You know, this was a system that in a lot of ways was ahead of its time. They were doing 16-bit before Sega. They had a a CD add-on that they then released even a 32-bit version of um, later ahead of everybody else, too. You know, they had a lot of things going for them. But, um, you know, uh, the uh, NEC was just never able to really make it work. And uh, and in the United States, anyway, is one of those things that very few people have ever encountered, which to (laughs) me is kind of the fun of this.
0: I can see that. It's like a secret chapter of retro gaming history yeah, it, that no it, well, one's ever read. I, I think it's
1: the same thing why like people always like flock to the various Neo Geo reincarnations. Yeah. Because A, all of us are like, oh, the Neo Geo was so good when like, we're all lying because none of us ever played a real Neo Geo <laughs> when we were kids because we nope. couldn't afford them because they, the games were literally $200. And we're talking $200 yeah. and like $1991, okay? So like… You know they were arcade quality games though, and 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 the Neo Geo CD was slow, and and the Neo Geo Pocket, that was that was a sad attempt. at I think we <laughs> we sold those at EB, and we only sold them because we didn't have any of the Game Boy colors in stock, and I always felt so <laughs> bad because managers would like talk these moms into buying these for their kids for Christmas, and oh, no. I and I wouldn't do that. I I would be like, I mean it's fine, but I'm not going to tell you to buy this thing, right? Like because I'm like. I'm 16 and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> paid a, a lot of people. Yeah. Um, like, that's not my, I'm not paid on commission. I'm not doing this. But, you know, I always felt bad about that. But like, you know, but people always come back for like the Neo Geo. And this one is even more like, Upscare. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, this is like a deep, this is like a deep dive. So I, uh, I, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of, of bringing it back for that purpose. But I'm with you in, 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 in so far as I think that uh, this is, uh, one of those things that is um, probably not going to have a, a huge <laughs> amount of um, like a public attention. Also, you know what? Sony is really, really hurt all the other companies that are coming out with these things.
0: Right. Right, because they just, well, either there they lowered the standards and none of us <laughs> expect anything from yeah, it. Yeah, well, um,
1: yeah, either way, yeah. But I mean, yeah, so that'll be interesting to see.
0: Um, so there there are a couple games there. Like, I'm looking through the games list. There, there are some interesting things here. Uh, there's an Operation Wolf uh, uh, translation from the arcade. The NES version of that is just famously terrible. Puya uh, Puya, which is one of my very favorite games, is one of the best versions of this came over to it. Uh, you also have uh, Splatter houses on this list. Splatterhouse is this kind of hyper-violent, uh, well, it's, it's, it's basically you put on a hockey mask and it's a Jason simulator and you're fighting these creatures in really big gore. Definitely one of the most famous games from the system, but uh, not on the list of games they've announced. Strangely,
1: yeah, exactly. So, um, and Bonk's, which was a fun platformer, as I recall, is not there either. And that's do you think
0: so? I never liked Bonk. I I never liked it. I mean, I liked it, but
1: uh, to be totally honest, I have not played it even on an emulator. So the last time I played it was on an actual system in 1994. So you know, it's been 25 years. My memory
0: on this could be bad. Let's be honest, so both of us are going to buy this. Without Let's a doubt. Let's just own it. No, yeah. p- precisely. Yeah.
1: Alright, we're going to yeah. talk about more E3 stuff in just a second, but first I want to give a shout out to our first sponsor, ExpressVPN. This Ooh. episode of Rocket is brought to you by our friends at ExpressVPN, and um, ExpressVPN uh, works by securing and anonymizing your internet browser, and so it will encrypt your data and hide your public IP address, and it has easy to, u- to use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your device, and you 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 can turn ExpressVPN uh, protection on with just one click, and then you're free to to safely surf on public Wi Fi without being snooped or having your personal data stolen. And um, it's actually the number one uh, rated uh, VPN service by TechRadar, and it comes with a 30 day money back guarantee. Now, I actually have an ExpressVPN story. And I'm hoping that they're going to be okay with me saying this because they put it on their website. This isn't in like our ad read about like one of our talking points, but they do put this as an option on their website. So I'm going to share it. So I was in uh, Mumbai um, when the Game of Thrones um, series finale aired, which was not great because although they, because HBO in Mumbai doesn't get Game of Thrones, and it's like a different feed. So like the time of when they were doing like the pre-show Free Willy 2, the bad, I mean, both of them are bad, but like the really bad Free Willy <laughs> was, right. was on TV. It was like four o'clock in the morning. And I was looking, They, uh, there is an official way to stream that content in India, but the only way to pay for it is if you have like an Indian Make account, which I don't have. And so... I used my ExpressVPN account and I was able to log in with my HBO Go credentials and then stream the Game of Thrones finale, even though I was like 12,000 miles away. Amazing. So so obviously, great reason to use a VPN is to... Protect yourself, um, you know, from cyber criminals or from people who might be wanting to do things to your data, or from your ISP spying on you. But it can also be used if you want to access services in other places. Um, uh, that's that's on their website as one of their options, and it worked for me. Um, the one thing I will say about that is that obviously the more lag there is, and the further away you are from the servers, uh, you know, the, the the worst connection will be. My connection was okay; it wasn't super great, but. It still worked like a champ. And um, one thing I will say too is now that I'm in airports all the time, having a VPN becomes really important when you connect to those free Wi Fi uh, portals that may or may not be free, may or may not want to get stuff from you. Or if you're in countries where, you know, the governments might not like some of the websites you visit, and you should keep that in mind before you visit those websites, but, or you could <laughs> use a VPN and be like, oh, okay, cool. Well, you can't look at what I'm accessing now so I can read my my political news uh, without feeling like uh, uh, the the government is, is going to come down on me. So um, uh, so uh, for less than $7 a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN production that I have. And like I said, if you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep the bad guys away from your data, you need ExpressVPN. So go to expressvpn.com slash rocket to learn more. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash rocket. That's E X P R E S S V P N dot com slash rocket uh, for three months free with a one year package. And our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of Rocket and all of Relay FM. All right. Uh, all right. What do you so want to talk about I next? Want-
0: I want to talk about Fallout 76. Okay. Have, so, for jog my memory, have we talked about this game at all on Rocket we before? We talked
1: about our disappointment, but we haven't okay. gotten into anything, I think, since it, since Bethesda kind of watched right. the launch. Simone
0: was kind of talking when it came out and was talking about how it wasn't going to be great. I remember now. Um, so, just famously, uh, Fallout 76 came out. Uh, Fallout is one of the most famous IPs from Bethesda, one of the best um, and, game series uh, ever. A- absolutely, um, and it really failed. Uh, it is just a—it's a poorly done game. Technically, the gameplay systems don't work. It's using an engine that's what—it's 15 years old at this point, or something like this. There's parts of the code from Daggerfall on PC in the 90s, if I remember correctly. Like, just a a very old engine at this point. A lot of broken promises, a lot of very angry people in the Bethesda base. So I think it's really interesting that they could have shied away from Fallout the way that Bioware has kind of shied away from Anthem and stopped talking about it 100%. But instead, they put it really uh, front and center. And they're doing a lot of weird things to the game. Uh, They decide to repopulate the world with NPCs. They're introducing a battle uh, royale mode like Fortnite. So I don't know. I mean, how do you feel about this, Christina? Do you think they should like cut bait and go work on Fallout 5? Or are you happy to see them working on
1: it? I mean, I'm happy to see them working on it right? I would probably personally prefer that they work on, on on Fallout 5, but I'm also kind of the opinion that they probably have teams working on them at the same time, um, <laughs> you know, because Fallout 5, I'm sure, has been in development probably in parallel even before Fallout 76. You know, I think Fallout 76 was always a stopgap game, right? Yeah. Right? Like, this was never going to be, it, it was the stopgap game that everybody knew was not going to be Fallout 4, but then because of how much it wasn't people were really disappointed but maybe this could make it interesting in other things i think the big thing they're going to have to overcome though is getting people to, to take a chance on it again
0: yeah no i think that's reasonable um, so... so i mean but we'll
1: see what they can do i wonder if they could do something like this is one of those situations what would you think about this i'd realize this is very controversial but what if they made it free to play
0: uh, I think that would be a smart move. I think if Anthem did that, it would help them uh, quite a bit. I, I think Anthem, what they should do is pull a Final Fantasy XIV Realm Reborn thing. So Final Fantasy XIV, when it originally came out, uh, it was a complete failure, terrible reviews, all of that. And then uh, they, they made the game free to play for, what, two, three years or something? and relaunched it. I would love to see them do that with the Anthem, and I could even see them doing it with uh, Fallout, because clearly it's just not a dynamic that's working.
1: Right. I mean, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, I'm not a huge proponent of, like, free-to-play, but at the same time, I feel like part of what would make people angry, and understandably so, is if I go out a year after this game has come out, you've added all these things, I pay my 60 bucks, and it still isn't there. Like, that. Potentially does brand damage, right? Like Yeah.
0: And you know, there are a lot of game studios in our industry that have really been damaged this year. Bioware, severely damaged, riot. Uh even as we speak, a uh, high profile uh sexual discrimination lawsuit is going forward. Um, you know, uh you know Bethesda obviously though they had a pretty good E3 so for a lot of the the stalwarts of our industry there's there's a real question if they can keep going
1: yeah and then you you look at how well epic has done and you look at you know their yeah. various things and like as much as we all complain about free to play that is kind of what consumers are saying that they want so i certainly don't want like all the big games to be that way but i could see if you have a struggling game shifting to that model might actually get more people to use it and play it. And ultimately, that would, I think, be better even for the people who did buy it and use it if you've got more people on it.
0: So. Absolutely. Awesome. So uh, what do you think about Death Stranding? Do you have opinions on this? I do not. (laughs) It's bizarre. It's bizarre. And so if people don't know, uh, Kojima was uh, the guy behind Metal Gear. Uh, You know, one of the The most prolific uh, video game designers of all time that made some of the best love stories was run out of Konami for reasons that continue will baffle the video game industry for generations and he went off he's doing his own thing he has this game coming out with uh, Mike Michael Madsen uh, as the star of this new game and it is a bizarre concept of like transfer like walking across the United States while you have a uh, like embryo implanted on the outside of your body and you've okay. got to keep it alive. It's
1: so it's kind really of like weird. semen, which is, which is one of my favorite yes. cast games. Um, uh
0: Quite a bit like that. Um But but like weird. with a weirdo,
1: like walking across the, like it's forest gum meets, meets semen.
0: Um, it's, it's, I could, I could spend an hour trying to describe it to you and fail. It is. Um, ugh, I, I, uh, I I don't know. I'm not watching any more of the trailers. and just gonna play the game when it comes out. Yeah. So L- let's, yeah. let's
1: let's shift to hardware a little bit. I want to get yeah. your uh, perspective on uh, Project Scarlet, which is the next generation Xbox. And this is where I obviously disclose that yes, I work at Microsoft. No, I don't know anything about any of this stuff. These opinions are mine. I do not represent those of my employer. Um, but uh, Brie is obviously free to to say whatever uh, she wants to say about these things. What was what's your honest kind of thought about about this?
0: So I I want to take this is such a great question, Christina. I I think if you look back, uh, I want to take a trip down memory lane to when the Xbox One and the PlayStation Four came out. So uh, the Xbox One came out with these features designed like always online. Mm-hmm. They wanted to allow you to uh, like. Uh, buy games digitally and then sell them digitally um and what's really weird is there was this huge consumer backlash oh my god it was immediately massive immediately against it but if you look today everybody wants that if you look today it's where the industry went always online fortnite hello uh-huh so i i think the xbox 1 was very uh i think it was a lot more prescient than we've given it uh, credit well, for being even
1: things like the connect which they ultimately the connect to which they ultimately dropped, you know, had the ideas of, you know, talking to your system and the way right. that we talk to, you know, Amazon Echo devices and Google Home devices now. You know, that stuff was right. all there. Kind of this, you know, um, you know, home connect connected home thing. Like that was there too before that was anybody was really doing that on a large scale. Um, so yeah, you're right. I think that it, it is interesting to look back on that. But so, but looking in Project Scarlet. So yeah. I say
0: all of that to say, um, I think more than anyone else, like, like PlayStation's really big move for the last generation was to move to XA6, which let people develop on PlayStation hardware the same way they developed for an Xbox or PC. Um, it really standardized the dev process, which was just made it so much more feasible to develop for PlayStation versus doing it on Motorola processors. That that's not a lot of innovation, I hate to say. So when I look at what Microsoft is doing. A lot of stuff here doesn't make sense, but given how wrong we all were about the Xbox One, I'm kind of reluctant to say that's not going to work. So moving to 8K, I, like having an SSD in it, I get, moving to 8K, I just... I I don't know if there's going to be a difference. Like having right. the capability to go up to 120 frames a second. I'm not, this isn't my area of specialty, but as I understand, the human brain cannot even perceive frame rates over 60 frames a second. So I don't I don't get that. Um, you know, I'm 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 I am personally not sold on the value, but I'm gonna buy it when it comes out anyway yeah so. well, part
1: of me wonders i mean obviously all this stuff has been in in the works you know far before anything that playstation announced but but playstation announced a lot of the same things ssds you know 8k stuff high frame rates um so a lot of a lot of like the from a spec perspective it's going to be interesting i guess to see how these things compare but right, right. now they seem fairly solid um Although I mean I think the the reality here is that you know you build these these consoles and and in theory you're you're wanting to get a decade out of them like ultimately like there might be right. overlap with the next generation like there will be a number of years where you have Xbox One and you have you know whatever Project Scarlet is called sold at the same time um just as you did with 360 and, and Xbox One but you know I mean they they are designing these things for a decade I'm with you on the 8K thing I wonder part of me though wonders if if that's just maybe part of a reality of of maybe some of the video workflows and and motion capturing workflows that, that- game developers and, and, and creative professionals are doing. And it's like, fair might as well moving
0: to 8K is the society. So I could, I could see that just just as future proof. Exactly.
1: But, but to, to your point, I don't know how much that's actually going to benefit things. I mean, even at this point, like really it's next generation that we're going to see real 4k games, like the, the, the 4k that we have on PS4 pro and Xbox one X is not the same as like what we're going to be getting next generation. So yeah, I think that's a good point. Um,
0: The ray tracing, I'm very excited about. If you've never seen these uh, techno, so ray tracing, just for listeners that may not know, uh, it used to be very computationally expensive. When I did ray tracing in the 90s, it would take your computer a day to do it, like one picture. And the way we basically have cheats now with really advanced uh, specialty hardware to do this dynamically. And at 60 frames a second, which is just mind-blowing for dynamic lighting. So, um, you know, of course, the proof will be in the games that get put out, but I'm certainly excited to see that.
1: Yeah, um, I, I, this isn't directly related to Project Scarlet, but they did, you know, announce the new Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, Yep. Um, this is pretty good, I think. This is giving you Game Pass um, for PC, game, regular Game Pass, and Xbox Live Gold all in one package. Um, and I think that's actually pretty good um, in terms of kind of really creating a, a Netflix for games type of scenario, especially with the PC support.
0: Yep. Okay. I feel like we've talked about games so long. Last topic, we got to touch on Stadia really quickly. Yes. What are your thoughts on this?
1: I don't know. I, I feel like... It has the potential to be interesting and the demos people did of Doom seems good. I don't think the pricing, at least the way they're doing the the Founders edition, works at all. Um, I think that you're no, you're 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 getting you're paying ten dollars a month right now to play Destiny two. Yeah. Um. And and that doesn't seem
0: with worse it. latency. Right. By the way, right. So. Well, I mean,
1: I think that's the big thing, right? This is going to be the thing that we're that Xcloud is going to have to deal with. That any of the solutions are going to have to deal with, which is so so Stadia. For people who don't know, is Google's cloud um a, a gaming uh platform. Or basically, the idea is that you can stream, you know, console quality games using their controller or an Xbox or or, or, or PlayStation controller um through either uh, your TV using a Chromecast Ultra. Or on your your phone or tablet, and um, the idea behind it would be, you know, literally all the all the compute, everything that's happening is uh, is is being uh, controlled, you know, by servers in the cloud, and and you're kind of doing the remote play thing. Um, they promise that it's going to be really, really good. You're also going to have to have a really, really fast internet connection, like minimum thirty five megabits per second.
0: And that's where I get off the the Stadia train. I don't. Understand what theoretical consumer is out there that is willing to trade latency because they don't want to spend four hundred dollars for a piece of dedicated hardware in their home, but does pay hundred and fifty dollars a month for for FiOS. I don't. Right. I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't think that's a market that exists. I mean,
1: I think that it could be a market that exists, but you're right. Like I pay hundred dollars a month for my fiber. Um, but I also buy consoles, but like I could get a cheaper fiber plan that wouldn't be a gigabit per second. Um, but, uh, you know, I live in an area where I'm very lucky. I have actually a choice between two different fiber providers, so they have to be competitive. Yeah. (laughs) So, but most places are not lucky like that, right? Like most, like if, if I were, if I lived in Atlanta, I wouldn't, Really have any sort of thing or whatnot. When I lived in New York, I had a great ISP, but they weren't fiber. Fiber literally was the building across the street, but I couldn't get Verizon to install it. So you're right, right? Like you've got these limitations. Not only that, but Comcast, the you know, country's largest, you know, ISP and also a massive content company, they often and in a lot of markets install, you know, data caps that you will have to pay an additional amount of money to bypass. And those data caps are gonna be gone after just a little bit of time using, you know, streaming 4K games. Um, so,
0: yeah. Especially as much as gamers play. And right. There's also, like, the games that they're talking about, Destiny, coming up. I don't know how much Destiny you've played, Christina, but you got to go in the Crucible if you want some of the best stuff in the game, which is a very competitive PvP environment. Right. If you think that, like, going to your da- Google Data Center and coming back to this – is going to not be a disadvantage in this game when you have people like I have moved my like I have rearranged my like video game room in my house to be closer to my Wi-Fi router, right? Right. To people, get the people, latency down, well, right? Right. Yeah. Right. People
1: plug in directly, right? Like they are of they're, they're hardwiring in, and and people wanting to get whatever nodes they are closer, like you know, you turn your VPN off because. You know, right. you don't want anything um, uh, slowing anything down. No, I mean, those are all really good points. And obviously, there are going to be some areas that, that work really well and some that don't. But I think your broader point, which is, the audience that will be willing to pay a subscription for these types of games and will also have internet that's fast enough, why would this audience not already have consoles? Um, right. and And I think that's a really good question. I do think that, too, that the fact that, you know, you buy the game, but you have to buy it from Google and you can only play it, you know, streaming that I don't think is something a lot of people are going to love. Um, I think people are, are at this point we're used to renting our content rather than owning it, you know, with whether it's, you know, music or, or, or games and services like game pass or, or uh, PlayStation plus or, um, you know, some of the other, uh, services out there. But in this sense, it's a little bit different. If I spend 50 bucks on a game, and I can only play it if I'm connected to the internet, and if I'm using this service, that, even though at this point, you know, you point out Fortnite, like like Always On is very much a thing, there's something about that to me that would bother me, I guess, in a sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I would like the opportunity that if the lights or something goes out, like, or not the lights, but like if the internet goes out, that I could still play one of my games. That, that seems not a great thing. I think it's also, it's going to be interesting to see, like, you know, a lot of the list of games they have are, are older, and there's nothing wrong with that. But again, like, if you're trying to go after a casual audience, are the realities of the home internet market there to keep that audience up?
0: I I would be interested to know where most people play Fortnite on. Is it, uh, is it their Switch? Is it, like, I mean, I could see for, like, for that audience for that particular game a very casual way to get with it i could i could imagine that but yeah. i just think i think they're not going to get exclusives and i mean is anyone really going to leap at the chance to play kind of halfway last gen games that have been out for a few years i'm not
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think, right, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the thing, too, we brought up kind of the the potential latency, even if you have really fast connections when doing multiplayer stuff or competitive stuff. Obviously, this isn't going to be aimed at competitors, but you do wonder if they're going to have those kind of AAA titles that wouldn't be reliant on multiplayer, that wouldn't be reliant on playing against people. You know, like, if you're able to have that kind of situation, then maybe you've got something there. But... Um, otherwise, I'm not. I'm not really sure. So yeah, I am. I, um, I, I am really bullish on cloud gaming in general. I think, especially if you could maybe merge the two things, where you have certain assets that are going to be, you know, pulled from the cloud for compute power, and certain things that are local on your system. Um, I think that kind of like hybrid approach w- has a lot of potential. But I, looking at things like this, um, I don't know. I, I feel like the, the the audience for this, like you like you said, is is fairly small right now.
0: But maybe we'll be wrong. So. Maybe
1: we'll be wrong.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: So this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Eero and the folks at Eero built the Wi Fi system that they wish that everyone could have in their homes, which means a fast, reliable connection in every room. And we promise this is actually like, was the real like segue. We, uh, we didn't, weren't just talking about, uh, oh my God, you know, internet right? streaming yes. issues. Yeah, no, oh. I just realized this as I was reading the ad and I was like, this could not have been a more perfect segue. But anyway, you know, like I said, the folks at Eero built the Wi-Fi system that they wished everyone could have in their homes, which includes a fast, reliable connection in every room. And the backyard, too. Um, and it starts with a second-gen Eero device. And so this device has three 5 gigahertz radios, and that allows for increased um, speed and range. And it sits flat on any surface, and it connects... Over Ethernet or wirelessly, and then this can be uh, easily used to expand the coverage throughout your whole home. And then you can do that by adding in some Eero beacons if you need to. If you have a really big house like Bree, and you need to get you know Wi-Fi in, in all corners of your house, and, and these uh, beacons are just devices that plug directly into your wall, and then they allow you to reach every corner of your home. And with Eero Plus, um, you can enjoy total network protection to block malicious content. There are advanced security uh, uh, options that check sites against a database to make sure they're safe. There's content blocking so you can choose what your kids can and cannot visit right inside the Eero app. There's ad blocking built in to get rid of annoying ads and pop-ups, and this is happening at the router level, so you don't need to worry about installing you know, a plugin or if you need to have any sort of plugin installed on your on your browsers. Um, and then there's access to third-party security apps like Encrypt.me, 1Password, which we love, and Malwarebytes. And so with Eero, you can install an enterprise-grade Wi-Fi system in your home in just a few minutes. And if you ever need them, Eero has incredible customer support on hand to help. Um, uh, Bree, you've had an Eero. I've I've um, uh, set up Eeros and have used them, and I've set up a lot of, of Wi-Fi systems. Eero is hands down one of the the fastest and easiest that I've been able to use.
0: Uh, you're dead on. It's easy to use. I never think about it. Um, it's a fantastic product.
1: And uh, if you uh, and so. Um, you would never have to think about uh, Wi-Fi again. And this is really great. You can get $100 off the Eero base unit and the two beacon package and a year of Eero Plus by visiting Eero.com. That's E-E-R-O.com slash rocket. And then at the checkout, you want to enter the code rocket. So that's Eero.com slash rocket and enter the code ROCKET at checkout for $100 off. Our thanks to Eero for their support of this show and Relay FM. Awesome. Okay. So we've talked a lot about games, yeah, but we, that's went not, wow. we went long. We went long on games. I know. I know we did. There was a lot of news. We didn't Come even on, get all of it. it I'm going to link so to other much, stuff.
0: Yeah. We skipped like half the news. We, so. we skipped like half the
1: news. Okay. Summer TV because we were talking about this. We were like, summer TV is. We're now in full summer TV season. So, Bria, want to hear what are some of the shows you are you are watching or excited
0: about watching Dude, this summer? Jessica Jones drops in two days. By the Woo! time you listen to this rocket, the next day you will be able to go watch Jessica Jones. I'm so excited. I'm so excited, excited. because so yeah. I don't want it to be over.
1: I'm so upset that it is ending. Yet I am so happy that we are at least getting a third season, and so. That makes me really, really happy, but also really sad that that this is it. Because uh, I think I've said this on the show since we've been talking about it. But like, I was not a, a Kristen Ritter fan at all um, before this, and I—I I, she turned me around completely in this. Um, I stand Kristen Ritter now. Um, speaking of her, she was on the reason I was not a fan of hers is because when she was a younger actress, she was on a TV show called Veronica Mars, which is yeah. one of the best TV shows ever. She was yeah. in the second season. And that show will be back on Hulu. Uh, they are doing a fourth season of the show. Um, I'll be on Hulu um, this later this summer, and all the episodes or the earlier seasons and the movie, which which was made, will be coming to Hulu on July first. So oh if my you
0: god! So if you haven't
1: caught up with with uh, Veronica Mars, I've which never are,
0: seen Veronica Mars. I'll okay, just you have it. to. You'll love okay. it. So so okay. Kristen
1: Bell, who we all now know from The Good Place, and, and she's been in a million other things. You know, she's married to Dax Shepard, and she's really kind of built a nice career for herself. This was her first big show. Um, Rob Thomas, uh, not the musician, uh, created the show for UPN um, back in uh, and, and then later the, the, the CW um, in a, about I guess 12 or 13 years ago and it's a noir show where it opens with this girl who go, who lives in this you know popular Southern California area. It's basically San Diego um, who her best friend has been murdered. Um, she um, was drugged and raped at a party. And she's been um, ostracized by all of her friends because her dad, who is um, a, a detective, um, was responsible for getting somebody uh, famous um, arrested for the crime. And cool. her, it starts with her whole world kind of upside down. And she is a teenage detective. And so people will come to her with things. And she's very smart. She uses, like, you know, forensic skills and hacking skills and other things to help kind of solve different uh, crimes and, and figure stuff out. While at the same time, uh, th- in the first season and then into the second season, a bit too, trying to kind of solve the murder of her best friend. Um, and and then other things go on. It's a, it's a really great show. It's one of those shows that I still can't believe, in some ways, was airing on, like, network, like, you know, teen TV. Right, um, yeah. Just because it was really adults, um, you know, yeah, like... Yeah, it
0: sounds really serious, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah,
1: and, but but it's also funny, and it's, it's witty, and she's great in it, and um, it obviously had a huge, huge, huge fan following, and when the show was canceled you know, people were like, okay, I guess that's it. And then, um, I guess about five or six years ago, um, a movie was made, um, they raised funding on Kickstarter. Um, it was one of the, it was back in the wave of, of, of Kickstarter, uh, movies. And, uh, that did better than, um, you know, Warner Brothers was expecting. And even with Kristen, um, Bell's success and the success of some of the other people who've been involved in the show, um, uh, Tessa Thompson was, uh, of uh, um, uh Marvel fame uh was was uh, an actress in it as well um they were able to get most of the kind of the original cast back for a fourth season and so oh my that's, gosh that's really exciting and and really cool so I'm excited about that
0: awesome so before we move on to uh another show I wanted to jump back to Jessica Jones for a second so yeah. have you seen Russian doll yes love it okay Fantastic show. Do you remember the guy she hooks up with, the professor? Yeah, I don't want to spoil the show, but the kind of jerky like uh, guy that sleeps with all the women in that show. Do you remember him? Yes. He is the villain for Jessica Jones's Nice. Season. Nice. And, and his character from the comic book, I don't want to spoil anything, but he's this kind of psychopathic, like serial killer slash genius that... It's really interesting because the original version of his character uh, was this uh, very, very religious Christian person that went around murdering people that didn't live up to that uh, to that interesting. ideal. Interesting. And then his character came along. and was more of a... He had this thing in it where he was like a poet and he wanted to go around killing people that didn't have music in their soul or a spark to their life, which if you think about it, that makes him a perfect foil for Jessica Jones, who's just kind of, do you know what I mean? She's so ravaged by this trauma. Um, You know, I I will go on record and say, I appreciated the mother-daughter dynamics of the second season, and I appreciated kind of seeing Trish go out of control in the second season, but I didn't enjoy the second season. Does that make sense at all? It does.
1: I really liked the first season so much that I think the second season wasn't as good, but I still thought it was really good television.
0: Yeah. Well, I I, I felt let down by it. Sure. Like I'm hoping this one, it feels like it has a better, uh, a better uh, plot behind it and a well, villain. yeah. And
1: yeah. And, and yeah. Frankly, it's always hard to do second follow-ups, like when you're so critically acclaimed when people like it so much. Uh, case in point, um, my favorite show of two years ago, Big Little Lies, just came back on HBO. Um, Meryl Streep has joined the cast, which is is led by Reese Witherspoon and Nicole Kidman and Laura Dern and uh, um, uh, Shailene Woodley, who, again, actress who's not very good, but she's really good in this, and um, Zoe Kravitz, fantastic show. And I've only seen the the premiere, and I have to say, I'm here for it. Uh, This was uh, you haven't seen this, Brie, but you need to watch it. It, it,
0: Well, I read the first two chapters of the book, and I was like, "This is a bunch of rich woman drama." Totally. And I hit eject, and I gather that was a mistake.
1: Yes. It is a bunch of rich woman drama, and when you watch the first episode, the pilot especially, you'll kind of get that sense, but it gets a lot deeper than that, and it's really interesting because the women are central to the whole thing.
0: Um, well, what's it, can you give me a hook without yeah, spoiling so, it? Yeah, so basically it
1: opens up that someone is dead and we don't know who it is and we don't know the circumstances, but they all start, because everybody lives in Monterey, a very rich, you know, city where everybody gossips about everything and they all start talking about how, well, none of this would have happened, you know, if it weren't for, you know, Madeline and, and Madeline is Reese Witherspoon, who's kind of the, the queen bee that everyone kind of hates, but yet also, you know, she kind of runs everything. And um, you kind of, go into the inner workings of the lives of the women in kind of the social circle. There's Madeline Reese Witherspoon. Um, there's her, her friend, um, uh, Celeste, who's uh, Nicole Kidman, who's got some of her own things going on. She's married to a younger guy. Um, a new person, Jane, who has just moved in, and she doesn't come from money, and she's kind of got her own past. Um, Laura Dern plays kind of an outsider, you know, woman who wants to be kind of part of the inner circle, but she works and is kind of not accepted and uh, Zoe Kravitz plays uh, uh, the second wife of Reese Witherspoon's first husband. But it basically kind of plays out as kind of a, a, a whodunit murder thing. Um, and that's what dominates the first six episodes, as well as kind of, you know, the inner struggles and hidden things happening within these women. And I just, I loved it. It was one of those shows that I'd heard really good things about it, and I'd missed the first couple of weeks and then HBO was doing this thing where they were like doing like playing all the episodes at once, and I watched um, like like four episodes at once, and then the fifth episode was on that night, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this is some of the best television I've seen, and some of the best performances I've seen." And it was based on on the book by uh by a bestseller, and but that was it. Like it was supposed to be a single season, like six episodes were done series. But then it gets, like, critical acclaim, and it wins all these awards, and people are like, well, can we do another season? And the author of the book, she was like, well, maybe. You know, she was like, if I could be possessed that I had a good enough idea, I could write something for this. And so she wrote a novella, and that was then adapted by David E. Kelly for TV. And she specifically wanted, like, one of her asks was, she was like, can we get Meryl Streep? And, And Reese and Nicole, who are the executive producers of the show, they're like, Sure, even though in their mind they're like, we're never going to get Meryl. Um, but Meryl had apparently been a really big fan, and, and the author actually wrote, gave um, her character Meryl Streep's real name as kind of a, a wink when she wrote the characters to kind of, you know, Maybe help convince her to, to take the part, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, and so the, the the second season. I don't want to spoil what the first season is, but it picks up basically right where the first season um left off, and uh, Meryl Streep plays the, the the mother of um a, a very important character um from the first season. So um, all right, it's good. Right,
0: you solved me. I, I mean, I, I would just say yeah. I'm just
1: like, look, it is a lot of rich lady drama, but it's also just really good. And, and, like, Reese Witherspoon is just fantastic. And Nicole Kidman won uh, the, the Emmy, and that's fine. But to me, it was, like, Reese's performance was really where I was, like,
0: this is I so good. I now that Billions is off the air, yeah. I need my new rich people You drama, do. God
1: which, will Billions. Such a good show. Anybody who hasn't watched so that.
0: It's so trashy. It's so good. It's, so, it's, it's Dallas. so perfect for Showtime. It's Dallas. Because, it's yes.
1: Dallas for, like, the new millennium. Um, <laughs> honestly. Honestly. Um, My parents were huge Dallas fans, so I I love that. All right. Well, we're going to get into our final topic of dessert, but first, I would like to take a moment and thank Smile because this episode of Rocket is brought to you by PDF Pin 11 from our friends at Smile. And PDF Pin and PDF Pin Pro is your ultimate PDF uh, viewing and editing app for the Mac. And so you can add headers and footers along with watermarks to your documents. And it also includes a precision edit tool, plus you can OCR your documents. And PDF Pin 11 is an exciting update, and the new version includes some seriously cool features, including a split view mode for comparing pages and documents, a new font bar for easier text editing, um, the The ability to edit multiple form fields at the same time. There's a continuity camera support, which lets you scan documents with your iPhone, so that's super cool. And you can um, add multiple items to the PDF Pen Library simultaneously and more. Um, This is an app that I actually use a lot, I deal with a lot of PDFs, uh, Shocker. And, um, on the Mac, this is far and away my favorite way to, to deal with PDFs, especially if I need to combine lots of really big documents or do searching or, or collate stuff. And PDF pen 11, um, is a, is a really, really good app. So I've really, um, enjoyed, um, some of its new features. And as always, like I've been using it for, I don't even know how many years now, at least going back to version seven. Um, and it's, uh. It's great I app. used
0: a lot when I was buying my house last week. Yeah, I used a lot.
1: Yeah, you because you're gonna you're oh gonna gosh. need yeah you need a you need a PDF app when you're buying a house. You got a lot of forms to sign and fill out and search oh, for cool, yeah. and and save. Yep. So, if you spend any time working with PDFs, you need PDF Pen Eleven. So, to learn more, go to smilesoftware.com/rocketnow. That's smilesoftware.com/rocket. And our thanks to PDF Pen Eleven for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, one of the things we didn't talk about that happened at D Three, where everybody lost their freaking minds, was during Cyberpunk 2020. Is that the name of the game?
0: That uh Cyberpunk 2077. 2077, sorry.
1: Cyberpunk 2077, Keanu Reeves walks out on stage. <laughs> and everybody just loses their damn mind.
0: Freaked out. And I mean, let's let's be honest, he was super charismatic with it. But I, I the reason we wanted to talk about this is like Keanu Reeves is having a real moment he right is. now. He is kind of stunning. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, I
1: was going to say I was like, we are all kind of obsessed with Keanu right now. Like, first of all, can we talk about the fact that it has been twenty years since The Matrix and dude has not aged a day?
0: It's it's stunning. Like 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 I it's like, like know who is dermatologist? Yeah, is, seriously. Like amazing. like like
1: like it is like weird like. Like Keanu ha- has not aged, but yeah, he is totally he is totally in that that zone right now where everybody is like he is the internet's new boyfriend. Everybody is super into him. Um, he was just in uh, not not just a, a John Wick three, but um, what's the Netflix movie? Um, Always be my maybe. Uh, which yep. is really
0: cute. He's going to be. With Ali Wong.
1: Yep, yeah. Yeah. Which is so great. He's going to be in. Toy- she is so funny. She's so that. funny. Yeah. I love her. Always yes. Be My Maybe is also a really, really good movie. Really good romantic comedy. I really liked that. Um, and uh, he's going to be in Toy Story 4. Uh, Bill and Ted uh, is coming back. There's going to be another Bill and Ted movie, uh, which is great. But yeah. And then the cyberpunk uh, 2077, he's going to be like a voice in that. And like, I'm. But like why do you why do you think Keanu has endured and why do you think he's having this moment right now?
0: So, this is my theory about this. From all accounts, Keanu is someone in in Hollywood who is a genuinely nice person. He has really avoided a lot of the tabloid drama uh, in a very long and storied career. And uh, the my theory about this is it just feels like the planet is on fire and our country is broken and just having someone like this is a guy like he he collects classic motorcycles. I would love to talk to him about this sometime and he he loves his dog and he he does kung fu and it's just I don't know it's just he's he's nice, right? Yeah.
1: No, he's nice. Like like right now everybody's going crazy because they've like put together all these photos that shows how respectful he is. Like when he takes photos with other women, like he doesn't put their arms right. on them. And right. and like and Jezebel wrote this thing that I don't disagree with. We we're like our standards so low that like we see this as like we fawn over. It. And I'm like, yeah, kinda, well, honestly.
0: Yeah, that's kind of the truth. I mean, it's, um, it's kinda
1: like we we, we, <laughs> we have to kind of scrap at at like what what little we get here. Also, do you remember the 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 sad Keanu meme?
0: Uh, yes, I do. Which
1: I, do. I-, I loved that so much. Like that was really fun. I had um, a, a Mashable's one-time art director made me um, like he, he printed that out and cut it out for me, and I had it like on my my desk early, early on at Mashable for, for a long time of just like a a cutout of a sad Keanu, just like <laughs> posted there, like looking like he was like on like top of my little cubicle area, which was hilarious. Um, but I I love that he never takes himself seriously. Like, yeah. he just seems like a solid guy, but he's there for kind of the jokes. He also doesn't understand why people are so obsessed with him. He's like, that's weird. Okay.
0: Like, <laughs> I love it. Well, I mean, it also helps. Like, it's it's really surprising because The Matrix was so big mm-hmm. when it originally came out. And the sequels weren't that great. And its stars really faded. Um, and then John Wick, like I, I saw jo- uh, Parabellum, the new John Wick movie, and it's it's excellent. It's really unusually good. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's like we all want like a like we had so many action franchises in the '90s and '80s, and it's like it feels so good to have a, a new one now that's totally. not a that's not a comic book movie. Do you know right. what I mean?
1: Right. Or or, or that's not a continuation. Like, look, I'm I'm. I know this is controversial. I'm a big Tom Cruise fan. I know he's a weirdo. I know, I know, but I, I you am can like,
0: like his work. Without, I, I yeah, like yeah. I, I
1: think his work is great. And weirdly, he's amazing. Mission yeah. Impossible. Those films like went through a rough period. They are good again. Yeah. But that franchise is like 25. is like 20 something years old, right? So it's it's not like whereas John Wick is it like newer? You know, like it's it's a more modern thing. That's not the Expendables. That's yeah. not. Fast and the Furious, you know, like, yeah, I'm with you.
0: That said, you know, I, I, I like Keanu and I'm excited to play Cyberpunk 2077, but I don't know if I'm excited to play as him in this game because to me, the fun of this is... You know, like, I I could never get into Witcher because the project team behind it just kind of put this character forward that I didn't really kind of like, and I haven't really liked a lot of the protagonists they have done. So I kind of want to play this game as my own character, not as Keanu Reeves. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that, and I think it'll it'll be interesting to kind of see like what they do with it. But I'm 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 still kind of here for it. I don't know, right. like, I, and it was it was it was amazing to kind of see. It's weird, like at a video game conference, you know, your your element of celebrities and like who the audience is going to go crazy for. It's kind of a short list, right? Like there aren't that like many actors that you can bring out where people are going to be like, oh my god, and then the audience like legit like went crazy for Keanu.
0: Yeah. Like, freaked out. Like, even there are women in tech groups. Like, people are just oh, freaking yeah, no, the frack out. It, it
1: was it was really funny. Um, uh, Jezebel does, like, a daily, uh, uh, like, a gossip kind of column uh, thing called Dirtbag, where they, like, round up all the latest, like, <laughs> celebrity, like, tabloid news. And it was, like, towards the end. And they're like, you buried the lead on this one. Keanu Reeves is in a video game. Like, I want to see. Like, it was just, it was really funny. Uh, And so, you know, even, like, the women's sites, like, that, that don't care about the games at all. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, it was funny, like all my different, all my different synapses, all my different Twitters were, were having a good time with that.
0: Oh um, my goodness.
1: Yeah. And now I just want to go back and like watch Speed again.
0: <laughs> I love Speed. Speed Did was a great you see movie. the Ellen DeGeneres thing where like they were like both of them were legitimately that sexual chemistry between Keanu and Sandra Bullock. That was real, man. I knew Completely. it. I wanted to believe.
1: Oh and yeah. it was. Of yes. course it was. Of course it was. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, so Bree, what are you doing this week?
0: I, Christina, I did it. I bought a house. It Woo! is so freaking beautiful. I bought hope you can come Brianna's. visit it at yeah, some absolutely. point. Yeah, it is It is great. It is a huge Congratulations. house.
1: Congratulations. I'm so happy for you.
0: I, I can't believe we did it. Um, we've got to, so we have to move by the end of the month, obviously. We've got to build a uh, 200 square foot, uh, we have to build 200 feet of fence in the backyard for our dogs mm-hmm. and I've got close out the end of the quarter strong for my congressional race. So it's going to be a busy couple of weeks for me. Uh, that said, like I did that. Um, also, this is a more serious note, but um, you know, we didn't touch on the Christchurch shooting on the show. Uh, you know, Chan was uh, very much a part of that. Yeah. I spent Monday of this week, uh, doing a documentary with a bunch of people from New Zealand uh, because H M was a big part of Gamergate. So um, that happened and we had a really big fundraiser today, which I was very happy about. So great it's been a busy
1: week. I'm glad, I'm glad you did that. Um, yep. uh, I actually peripherally knew one of the, um, one of the victims um, oh. from that attack. It turned out and uh, he, oh. and there were actually two members of the Microsoft MVP community who were um killed in that in that attack oh. which was really terrible and it turned out I I knew one of the guys you know from oh, years back. Well I mean I wasn't close with him or anything but I knew him and that yeah. just makes it like it brings it you know I think closer to all of us to how close it is for everybody. So yeah. I'm glad you were speaking out about those things that happened because that's the sort of thing we need to put a stop to. So
0: But you know what's really weird, Christine? most people had their 15 minutes of fame is gone. Like when's the last time you thought about Heidi Montac and the crap that happened to me? is so scarily relevant today. Like I I hate that it's the case and I hate that people keep bringing me in for this stuff because it is. And yep. that's just horrible. S-
1: Supportbrianna.com.
0: Supportbrianna.com. Uh, there it all is. All
1: right. Uh, I am doing but just stuff for work. I'm doing um, shooting some stuff tomorrow. Goss have got a little bit of a barbecue going on. It's the summer months at work which it's but it's close to the end of our fiscal year, so there's just a a lot of moving parts <laughs> that are that are um, going into place. And so um, I've just got some work stuff going on. It is very, very warm in Seattle right now. It is like, it's like 87 degrees right now. Um, but it's been even warmer in San Francisco. So I'm glad that I'm not in the Bay Area. Um, so yeah, that's that's just what I've got going on. Nothing nothing super exciting like buying a house. Um, congrats on that <laughs> again. And uh, um, where can we find you online, Bree?
0: Oh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Brianna Wu, uh, at Brianna Wu. And you can find me on uh, on Facebook at Developer Brianna Wu. And you can support my uh, Race for the House, where I talk about things more substantive than E3 News by going to supportbrianna.com.
1: And you can find me online at film underscore girl on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, I want to put a quick thing out there. Um, last week, I, I made a meme out of buying me a Mac Pro Thank you so much for those of you who reached out and wanted to do something like that. It is completely not necessary. I so appreciate the thought and the, and, and and the love that went into that. That is so sweet. But instead, I would say if you want to support causes, then please give money to something like Black Girls Code, um, yeah. or, or or things like that. But thank you for for you know indulging my ridiculousness of that <laughs> last week. So I, I, it's very 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 much appreciated. But completely unnecessary. Um, But yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at film underscore girl and you can find the videos that I do at work at youtube.com slash Microsoft Developer and you can find Simone um, at uh, Doom Quasar on Twitter and Instagram and you can find her work videos at youtube.com slash Polygon. All right. Well, that does it for this episode of the show. Uh, Thank you again to ExpressVPN, Eero, and Smile for your support. All right, Bree. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go now, so that you can uh, do more stuff around your house, and we can we can find more hours in the day to watch some of this great summer TV. This episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated. Terminated.